Welcome to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with Lee Jackson. This time I am on a Zoom call internationally to the United States of America with one of my favorite speakers and a, a new friend of mine who I met at the NSA conference uh, which in July 2017, which is the biggest speakers conference in the world. I knew of this speaker, who I'll introduce in just a moment, but I bumped into him in the coffee queue and I thought, I've got to get this guy's number and I wonder if he'll let me interview him too. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome on Zoom from the States, Coach Jim Johnson, everybody. Hi, Jim. Hi, Lee. Nice to see you. You can hear me well. You're okay with that. That's great. I I am, yep. Jim has an amazing story, and not only is he a coach of high school, was it high school, Jim? Yeah, high school basketball. High school, correct. Yep. Which, as you know, in the States is a massive thing. You know, lots of people come to the games, but something happened to Jim that went viral on YouTube, which has affected him and has made his speaking career blossom. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about that viral video. Sure. Well, I, I was going along and I ended up being a coach for 35 years, 33 of them at the high school level. And I was trying to figure out, ironically, the first job I ever had as a varsity coach, which is the head coach at the high school, I actually got fired. So it was a very humbling experience. But I picked myself up and, and then I started to have more success. But I, as we started to have more winning seasons, I had a real obstacle in my life. We're, we're measured and coaching a lot by how we do in the postseason. So interesting enough, is uh, that one of the, our issues is we'd have winning season, but then we'd lose in our postseason tournament. Well, interesting, in 2003, a young man entered our program, and he had autism. His name was Jason McElwain, and the world now knows him as J-Mac. And J-Mac w- wasn't really a very good player, but he had a huge heart. And he was autistic and learning disabled, but that didn't stop him from having a big dream, and his dream was to play in a wanted to play in a varsity basketball game. Well, he tried out for our team for three consecutive years, did not make it, but served as our team manager all three years. When he came out his senior year, I said, J-Mac, unfortunately, you're still not quite good enough to make the team, but I want to give you a gift this year. And the gift is for senior night, our final home game, I'm going to give you a uniform, hopefully get you in the game. Well, I kid people that periodically he was excited about that uniform. I define periodically as about every other day. He was really pumped up. Well, I wrote a book about it called The Coach and a Miracle because we actually had a lot of issues. We were supposed to have a very good team, but we had a lot of internal strife that I'm not going to get into. J-Mac was our rock throughout through a real challenging early part of the season. Well, we got it straightened out, and we were having a lot of success coming into our final home game, senior night. On senior night, now Jason, instead of in his white shirt and black tie, he's now Donnie number 52. And to see him embrace his parents in uniform is a memory I'll always cherish. Well, after three quarters of the game, I get everybody in but Jason. So with just over four minutes to go, I decided the time was right. I pointed to him. He nearly ran on the court. He was so excited. And then he was entering his first game. And this macho coach was hit by a blind side. What I didn't know was how well the student body was going to receive him. They gave him a standing ovation. What I didn't know, and Jason, one of our parents, had made these placards of Jason's face, and they <laughs> actually showed him when he entered the game. This macho guy that was uh, wouldn't cry at a basketball game, right, sat down, and tears started to roll down my face. Well, Jason's in his first game now. He touches the ball for the first time. He gets it in the right corner. He lets a three-pointer go. The crowd stands in anticipation. It misses by like six <laughs> feet. And 
I had to pray to God hard, please, God, please help him get one basket. Well, the second possession, we actually had a much shorter shot, and this time we had a little drama because it hit the backboard, hit the rim, and fell off. I'm thinking, all right, God's starting to glisten. And then our third possession, Jason shot another three from the right wing, and this time it went in. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, God must be a basketball fan. Not only has Jason scored, he's got a three-pointer. It can't get better than this, right? Well, wrong. As I kid people, Jason's boyhood idol was the Laker great Kobe Bryant. And he turned into Kobe Bryant for like the last three minutes of the game. And he just started (laughs) making shot after shot. And the two things I'll never forget was with a minute to go, I'm still sitting on the bench, amazed at what I'm watching. Of course, watching it through my teardrops. And I get a tap on my shoulder. I look behind me. It's Jason's mother, and she's bawling her eyes out. She gives me a big embrace and, and whispers my ear, wow. Coach, this is the best gift you could have ever given me. And, of course, I was cried harder. I was so touched. And then this is actually how the game ended. With about 10 seconds to go, our opponent, Spencer Port, I want to give kudos to their coach and their players. They were great sports that night. They score. And our player that takes out of bounds, instead of throwing it to our point guard, he throws it to J-Mac. So there's about 10 seconds to yeah. go, and in my talks, I have the crowd, you know, counted down. And all of a sudden, he gets to about three seconds. And I'm thinking he's going to go in and just shoot a layup. No, he pulls up like two feet behind the arc, almost an NBA three. I'm thinking, Jason, don't shoot for that. It's way too far. He <laughs> lets go this rainbow and swish. And I look over. Our student body runs on the floor. Our players run on wow. the floor. And I, the other thing I'll never forget is Jason's mother. She was very little, about five two. I see her bobbing and weaving through the mass of people to get the J back. <laughs> and then the last thing to close is uh, our players put him up on their shoulders. And at this point, I have no idea how many points he has. And our public address announcer comes on and says, "The leading scorer for the Greece Athena Trojans tonight, J back with twenty points." And of course, my wow. math brain, I'm thinking if he'd have played the whole game, he'd have scored 160 because he played he scored 20 <laughs> in four minutes. Uh, and uh, interesting, uh, I'll just close with, uh, in my heart, I felt like I did it for the right reasons. I didn't really do it for any media attention. I called the new- local newspaper because we call in our games. They didn't make much of a deal. I thought that's where it was going to end. Well, the interesting thing is, Jason's speech pathologist came to the game. It was the first game he'd ever come to. He was so touched. He called one of the local TV stations the next day at, at school, and they borrowed the tape. And when they showed it, it started the gaining momentum. And within a few, four or five days, all of a sudden, it became a global story. It became a, a YouTube sensation. ESPN did a really neat five-minute documentary that it has well over a million hits on it. And and which thrust me into the uh, speaking world, uh, unbeknownst, although I enjoyed speaking, I'd only done it in the basketball world. Uh, then I became a motivational leadership speaker that I've been doing for over a decade, but just full-time, just over a year, because I stayed on and, and coached and, and taught as well. So I'm in a new journey, which I enjoy immensely. And um, so I'm now a full-time speaker because I retired from coaching in 2016. Fantastic. So, and actually, uh, when I... I have one last thing, Lee. You know, I mentioned my obstacle about never winning our championship. Ironically, Jason's senior year, three weeks later, we won our first Section 5 championship. And then Jason came back and helped me my last nine years, and we ended up winning six of them. So once I broke down that four-minute barrier, things really started to to, uh, improve. Wow. So once once you'd won the championship, it just started to happen, and J-Mac was around helping you. 
He was. He was. Wow. He, he's been my, still my inspiration to, to, to this fantastic. day. So I'll ask you about your speaking journey in just a moment. Sure. I mean, let me ask you a little bit about, so is J-Mac, is he kind of famous in your town? Is he, does he work locally now? Does he, people see him and still know him? Yeah, he he's, he's definitely has some fame. And uh, <laughs> interesting is that he got a, a growth spurt after high school. He was about 5'9", 120 in that game. And now he's about 6'1", 170. So he's really gotten a lot bigger. He's actually, ironically, uh, you know, we always talked a lot about our goals. And, and he was a runner in high school and he was just okay. But he's actually got back into running and I've encouraged him and he's actually run 11 marathons I think and he's run the Boston Marathon three times so he's and he's actually broke three hours in the Boston Marathon so he's actually become a pretty darn good runner as well gosh yeah yeah that's pretty good for for a tall runner too that's a good time right yeah yeah so he's doing well he works at a local grocery store in our town and I still see him a lot so uh, we're we're very close he's like a second son to me so that's 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 amazing so were you filming it that day or was it a parent that was filming it how how did that happen actually it was a student a lot of years i was able to get a parent to do it but that year we struggled and so i was actually i I went to one of my colleagues and they were doing it as kind of a uh, give back so and he it was only about the fourth game because we had done a semester break where i had to get a new student and the ironic thing is he ended up videoing and catching the essence of it by, you know, scanning the crowd as well. And he <laughs> became a, an instant celebrity as far as a video or uh, yeah, by accident. Yeah. And I, th- I think, you know, when a video is popular and viral, because when you actually type in a few things to find it on YouTube, there's actually several now, isn't there? So people have taken the video yeah. and re-uploaded it. So to count the views now, I mean, it's several million now, I guess, with all the different versions of it, isn't there? Right. Uh, I'll make sure there's a link. I might be able to actually put the video on the end of this so people can see it in full. But so there you are. So you high school basketball coach for all that time, you know, with not much success and then a little bit of success towards the end. And then all of a sudden you're a speaker. So did did people start asking you to do talks or did you decide this is what I want to do as my second career? Well, it was more that because the story became so popular, people started reaching out and, you know, they, you know, interesting, autism is kind of a a unique situation. In fact, that it's become even more prevalent and there's various reasons for that. To me, it was a gift from God because I I think it gave a lot of people hope, you know, with with disabilities and certainly specifically autism. So people started reaching out to me and they want to be inspired by the story. So early on, I basically just came in and shared the story. And then as I got better as a speaker, I realized, you know what, not only do I have a really neat story to share with people, but I can give them some tangible keys through all the things I've learned from my coaching and leadership career. So, so I, now I do two talks. I do an inspirational keynote where I talk about the JMX story and then six keys to making your dreams come true. And then I do another leadership keynote where depending on the client, sometimes I still want to have the JMX story, but then I talk about seven essential keys to being a, an outstanding leader. And then I've done some workshops. I've done some goal setting because I've done that a lot with my yeah. students and kids and my players. So I, I do that. And I, I speak to a lot of different you know, businesses and schools and associations. And I've almost spoken probably every kind of possible situation, but yeah. <laughs> it's really been a neat journey. And how I really got more involved in it is when I started to speak, I started to really like it. And ironically, I was speaking at an event in Chicago 
uh, about a year after the JMAC game. And this person came to me after my talk. He says, coach, you got a lot of potential as a speaker. And I said, oh, thank you. And he says, you should join the National Speakers Association. And right. this is my ignorance. You know, I, I was getting a speaker like I knew nothing about the industry. And I, I looked at him and I said, what's that? And he shared it with <laughs> me. And, and it was a great bit of advice because I ended up joining. I've been a member now great. for nine years. I met my manager and I met, you know, extraordinary people like yourself. You know, and I've learned so much about the speaking. And, you know, I've, I've got some very good friends that are speakers now. So it was a great bit of advice that helped me immensely in my speaking career. That's fantastic. So... So you mentioned, let me just unpick a few things because whoever's watching this, you know, on, on YouTube and on the pod or listening on the podcast, they, they will get, um, they'll, they'll, they'll be speakers at different levels. And so I want right. to dissect a little bit of what you said. Now you said something there, which is really important. And I think it's one of the key things as speakers. You said, I kind of, I have my story and I tell my story, but then I give takeaway keys for the audience to use. Right. How did, you know, do you think sometimes speakers forget to do that and uh, how did you get to those keys yourself and how did you know you needed well, I, I, right i definitely think you know some people forget whether you call it takeaways or challenges but you you got to give the the audience something that they can take away and put it implement into their life otherwise you know i mean it's nice to be inspired and motivated whatever you want to call it but if you don't give them some tools to actually implement it in their life and make changes in their life, they're going to stay the same. So as I said, you know, I guess it was just from my coaching. And then as I got learned more about speaking and I started to study different speakers, you know, what was effective, what isn't. And, you know, that's really something I share when people say, you know, how did you become pretty successful as a basketball coach? You know, really it's because I studied coaching and leadership and I got yeah. to a point where I got really good at it. And that's the thing that I've really, I've learned so much about speaking, you know, um, platform skills, marketing skills, uh, how to work with a, you know, a business team, because I have a little team that I work with, uh, you know, how to get involved with social media. I mean, I laugh, Lee, I mean, social media is huge in speaking. I didn't want any part of it. And I realized <laughs> that, you know what, if it be in this game, this is a really important. So I laugh at myself because you said to me, you know, even six, seven years ago, you know, coach, you're going to be on social media every day. I would have said, you're out of your mind. But of course, I'm on social media every day. So, Of course. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, I'll, I will do your contact details at the end so people can follow you on Twitter and sure. Facebook and stuff, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so the takeaways are key, aren't they? Because I've even heard from people who have got an amazing story, but then they kind of stop their talk. And I've seen quite a few of these. And me as an audience member rather than a speaker – I tend to go in my head, oh, okay, that was nice. Right. Whereas I think people really pay us, don't they? Because yep. you're going to give them something practical that they can do when they leave that auditorium. That's the key. So right. have, you ever had any, have you ever had anybody that's contacted you afterwards and said, look, you know, that thing really changed my work or my life? Have you had that kind of feedback to, to help you to, to know what to focus in on? I, I definitely have, you know, when I talk about different things, I've had people contact me, you know, like, like one of the keys I talk about is understanding your mission in life, you know, why, your why, you know, what's your purpose. And yeah. a lot of people, you know, they've heard of that, but a lot of people, I mean, I'm amazed, you know, when I travel and ask people how many have a personal mission statement written down, it's very, very few. And even, you know, one of my other keys in my inspirational talk is, you know, how to be an effective goal setter. 
And, you know, I mean, we've all heard about goal setting, but let's, let's be frank with it. You know, how many people are, are actually practicing? So I give them some tangible tools, some challenges right away. Like I say, okay, I want you to start tomorrow. I'll give you tonight to think it over. I want yeah. you to write down your most important goals. Because, I'll, again, I'll ask the audience, how many people are writing their goals down? And it's a very small percentage. Yeah. And yet, you know, we've all heard of goals. We all know it's, you know, we, we should be more zeroed in on what's mo- most important to us in all our phases of our life. So not necessarily giving things that are completely new to anybody, but it's, a, you know, really get people to stimulate their thinking and stimulate them to take action on things. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's, there's nothing new under the sun, right? You've, yeah. uh, you know, we all teach similar stuff, but we have our we have our own way of doing it because most stuff is thousands of years old. That's the reality, isn't it? You know. Right. Now, now, now we talked last time we spoke, we talked in the states. I mean, people will listen to this from all over. I'll put this out in the UK, but uh, but also mm. there'll be people I'll put it out on the NSA stuff. Um the UK market is obviously very different from the US. And Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that you actually have a management team now. So you have people that, are they marketing or are they diary management? Uh, What is it that they do? Because that's a lot rarer in the UK. Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, I I have a... Uh, we, I have a small team of people. I give you my illustration. My manager, and she works with me. She has a lot of hats. She, she helps with marketing. You know, we do yeah. a monthly newsletter that she edits, and uh, you know, reaches out to clients. She does all the contract work. You know, all the itinerary. Yeah. I mean, she she has a lot of things she does. Uh, we have a lady that helps with my social media that I work with every month. She also works with the newsletter. She does social media as well as I do. I mean, I'm, I'm involved with that as well. I have a web person that we, that's on our team, you know, that, course, so yeah. if you want to add a video or that kind of thing, or, you know, add, you know, we are always trying to upgrade our website, you know, so I, I think that's an error that speakers make is they, yeah. you know, they put one website up and, you know, it becomes <laughs> obsolete. You know, if you got a picture from 20 years ago, hey, that's not what you look like. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's quite a lot of people, quite a lot of event planners have booked people and thought, hey, who sent your older brother? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, then we, I have a person that I actually just hired, uh, this is another idea. I went to a local college and I hired, I just hired two interns to do, help me with video work because video is very big. I have a person that I talk to each week that I write out a blog each week and then he puts it on a website for me. So, you know, I, I'm able to, you know, try to stay to my strengths. And then, you know, like uh, I, the other thing I can really say in any industry, but speaking is you always got to keep striving and get better. Like the next month I'm going to meet with a, a speaker coach, you know, when we're going to assess my brand, we're going to assess my platform skills. I, you know, I, I think it's just really important that you yeah. uh, continue to grow. So. That's, that's great to hear yeah i was every day's a school day as i like to tell people you know that you've got absolutely learning and uh I, I love that learning and sometimes i have to uh you know i have to stop myself learning and get on with my work sometimes because i right. love you know i'll follow links on twitter i'll be reading articles and stuff and i think that's part of it we've got to be learners right we've got to be learners right. without a doubt so. yeah so if i was to give you if i was to ask you could you give a couple of tips so could you give a couple of tips for platform skills for maybe a new speaker and maybe a couple of tips for running a speaking business and what's worked for you. Anything practical there, Jim? Sure. 
Well, I'll start with the platform schools. Uh, number one is that I really believe you should, you know, early on, it's easy for me to say hire a coach, but coaches can be very expensive. So, so I think early on, it's a matter of, first of all, writing your speech out. You shouldn't memorize your speech, but you should be clear on what you're trying to do. Number two, you should constantly practice it. I think that's one thing. And even veterans, because like I always practice my talk before I go out. I mean, don't ever take that for granted. Practice it a number of times. Thirdly, is get it videoed and get it assessed by you. And hopefully, as you grow as a speaker, you can have other people look at it and really improve that so that you, you know, you're really becoming fluent as a speaker. And sometimes you don't even know, like I, I early on, I know I said things like, okay, too much. Now I'm very good at that. <laughs> they actually, a few years ago, I had somebody come out and said, you know what? You say so too much. And so I really concentrated <laughs> on, because, you know, as a speaker, you get to a point where you feel like you're, you're saying good things and you're not using your ahs and okays. But there might be a still annoying habits you're doing. Sometimes you don't even realize. I see. Um, the same with, you know, understanding how to em- emphasize a point, you know, where you might want to approach the audience or change your volume or a pause is a really powerful thing to use. And I think yeah. early beginning speakers don't want to pause. They want to just keep talking, talking, talking. And, <laughs> and what you got to do is give the audience, if you make a powerful point, time to let them let it sink into them so you know yeah. those are a lot of things that i've learned and i'm continuing to learn then from the business standpoint is that it is nice if you can get as you get better is to try to attract a team and so that you can work to your strengths and delegate things that aren't as strong but you you really got to have you I, you know number one thing sometimes we forget from the business you got to be great on the platform if you're not um, that, that'll hurt you. But as you become more effective on the platform, then it's a really, you have to consistently get your name out there. And so to do that, number one is, is get video of you speaking on your website, put it on YouTube, you know, do things like I do a whole video series that I send out. I do a weekly blog. So I'm sharing information of okay. things, trying to help people. I do a monthly newsletter. So I've gotten a following and then I, I truly believe, you know, we can all say, but I think you do have to get some involved in, and, you know, depending on who you talk to, how involved, but you got to be consistent with social media. You got to have a presence out there. You, know, yeah. you got to have a following. And then you, the huge thing is to establish a following is you have to consistently think of how can I add value to my followers? Very you know, whether it's to send one of your videos, a recommend. I do a weekly book recommendation. I'm a big reader, so I do that on my social media every single week. Uh, but you know, you got to do what, what your you know your strengths. But you got to share that and, and make sure that you get a following. Yeah. So when you people know that you're a speaker, you or maybe you come out with a book or another product. You know, people got to be aware of that. But if the only time you come out publicly is when you're trying to sell something, you're going to really struggle. you got to build that relationship first. Sure. That's some great tips there. Some fantastic. So just on a practical level, do you diary these things in? So do you write your blog on a Wednesday morning and do you do your newsletter on a Friday afternoon? You know, because sometimes I find you know, the, the week kind of runs away with me and then, it's, then I think, oh, I didn't, I didn't do that blog I was meant to do. You know, how do you, how do you make sure that happens? Well, we, we do the newsletter once a month and we 
we, you know, we put it on, you know, with my manager, my social media director, the, the three of us, I, I write the initial content and then they yeah. revise it. And then I actually, my son is a, is a brilliant writer himself. So we send it to him. And so we have a little bit of checks and balances. So, but we have a date that, you know, we're going to send the newsletter out each. Okay. It's usually the third Thursday. And then from the blog, you know, sometimes it changes because of schedules. But for the most part, I talk to my blog person on Monday night. So I've, I usually write my blog on the weekend, talk to him Monday nights, and it usually goes out Wednesday or Thursday. So, nice. you know, and again, I think that is a key is being consistent with your social media. If not, people will forget about you. Yeah. And then the key is also what you've, what you're learning there is we not have a management team, but I have a web guy, you know, I have other people around. They're not maybe a, a specific team like you, but what you're saying is that actually you want to do the content and then you farm out the practicalities of that. Cause sometimes right. when you write a blog, you've written it and you think, Oh, I've now got, I've got to format it. I've got to find a photograph for it. I've got to put it on my blog. Then I've got to put it on my Twitter, my Facebook page. And before, you know, and it's that, that's the kind of stuff where you go, Oh, I'd rather not do it. You know? Right. You, and, you know, and that's the thing as you, you grow as a speaker, what you try to figure out, you know, obviously you got to have a revenue stream because, you know, when you delegate to other people, you've got to pay them. But, you know, I, that's something I've been able to work out. I try to stay in my strengths, although I do try to always learn and enhance what I'm doing. Yeah. But, you know, there's people that are, I'm never going to get great in my website. I know what I want on my website, but, you know, I'd rather delegate that out to somebody that, that that's their job. They love that. You know, that's not my passion. I know it's important as a speaker to have a great website, but I don't want to have to know all the ins and outs to do it. So, no, that's right. And websites are never finished, right? They're never finished. Oh, so you, for you, sure. You, you know, just got to yeah. keep rolling with it. That's, yeah. that's been fantastic. Loads of information there for experienced and for brand new speakers. Jim, it's fantastic. Just tell everybody, where can they, uh, can they follow you on Twitter? How do they get a hold of you and follow you? Yeah, my, my, probably the best is I've got all my uh, social media information on my website, which is coachjimjohnson.com. That way I wouldn't forget it. On that, there's uh, the JMAC video that we had talked about. There's some videos of me speaking. You can sign up for my uh, monthly newsletter, uh, my weekly blog. Uh, those are all, free, you know, complimentary. You know, and certainly, I mean, one of my uh, dreams is to become a global speaker. I've only, uh, to this point, spoken in the U.S. and Canada. So uh, hoping yeah. someday to come over and visit you, Lee, and well, uh, spark the UK. We, well, we, have, we have chatted about it, Jim. We're hoping it might yeah. happen, eh? We're hoping it might happen. Yeah. That'd so, be fantastic. Uh, I'd love to host you here in the UK. And I know there'll be loads of businesses and lots of professional speakers that'd love to hear your message. It was one of the most inspirational YouTube videos of all time. And it was fantastic, not only because it was about young people, but it was about disability. It was encouraging. Oh, it was just fantastic. And so I'm pleased that I've met you in real life, Jim. It's, uh, it's been a real pleasure. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll end it now. Uh, and, uh, People can get hold of you at coachjimjohnson.com. So thank you, Jim. My pleasure. It's great to talk to you, Lee. Thank you. What we all want in life is a shot. But what we do with it, that's the story we all want to tell. You know, I've coached for 25 years and I've never experienced that, uh, you know, the emotional high of, of what happened. What happened for Jason McElwain 
or J-Mac as his friends call him, is about more than a shot. Diagnosed with autism at two years old, now identified as highly functioning, he's never considered himself different or separate, especially when it comes to sports. Sports has always been, how could I say, his equalizer. He's like, just like any of the other kids out there. It's not really a big deal at all. I'm just, I'm just normal like other people. That's the way I am. At five foot six, J Mac didn't make the junior varsity basketball team at his high school, Greece Athena, near Rochester, New York. Instead, he became team manager, a role he now has for the varsity as a senior. In the last three years, in his white shirt and black tie, he's missed only one game. We want to practice. I set up the clock and get the water in games and be enthusiastic. <laughs> As this season was wrapping up, Coach Johnson approached Jason with an idea about the Trojans' final home game of the season. I said, you know, I'm really going to look to try to get you in the game, but remember, I can't promise you that. And he was okay, Coach. February 15th, Greece-Athena against Spencerport, senior night. With word out that Jason might play, the student section printed signs of J-Mac's face, just in case. And with 4.19 left in the game, with the Trojans up by 20, coach called down to the end of the bench for number 52. I just kind of turned and pointed at him, and uh, he almost ran right on the court. He was so excited. Hey, Jay, you got to check in. So he hits the buzzer, and he doesn't go anywhere. It's like, now you go on the court. You know, he was so, he was so caught up in the moment. He came into the game, they all stood up and they put the signs, uh, you know, the pictures of him up, and I got really emotional. And I sat down and started to cry. With 3.46 left, Jason got the ball. When he missed that first three, I was like, oh, and then it airballed, and I was like, man, I really just want to see him score one time. I put my head in my hands, like, dear God, please, let's just get him a basket. Then, with 3.12 left, another chance. That third trip down the court, magic. As soon as I started hitting my first shot, I just kept shooting and I was just hot as a pistol. Shot, after shot, after shot kept going in. The basket was like this big old juice bucket, and uh, I was shooting them like they were free throws. It was just a big old huge bucket that's like huge. And I was like, oh my God, is this really happening? He has more than more points than me, so he's got bragging rights over me. He was unstoppable for that moment in time. He was unstoppable. He comes down the court right at the end with like three seconds left, and he hits this one that's you know, probably like an NBA three. As soon as the gun ended, they stormed the court. You know? I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't dream anything like that. It felt like we won a championship. Everyone was just so happy for me. In that four minutes, 19 seconds, Jason was seven for 13, six of 10 from three-point range, 20 points in all. In his first and only varsity basketball game, J-Mac was the high scorer. Truly the most incredible moment I've ever had in coaching. I was so touched 
And um, it, it was just so special to me that a young man, his dream came true, you know, and that I could help that, it was awesome. What we all want in life is a shot. J-Mac took his. And now, it's a story we can all tell. Thanks for listening to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with your host, Lee Jackson. If you'd like to know more about Lee's work as a motivational keynote speaker and presentation coach, visit his website at leejackson.biz. That's leejackson.biz.